Good uh, good evening everyone, or should that be good morning? It's uh, half five in the morning. Uh, I'm currently walking towards town on the Dermot Valley Light Railway, or what's left of it, there it is, look. Um, off on an adventure today, Ooh, but what could we be doing? Well, uh, first of all, I need to get onto a, a scooter, an e-scooter, and, and go into to town to get the train. Uh, so let's do that. <laughs> Ah, oh, now, look at this, we're in lovely York Station, having just uh, ridden across town. Uh, a town completely empty, sparkling a bit with the Christmas lights, all very nice. And we've got these stairs. Um, look at this, lovely York. If you, want, uh, if you want a little tour of York Station, by the way, then uh, I can recommend one of my pointless perambulation threads. In fact, the most recent pointless perambulation thread, where uh, we had a little explorer, but um, look down here, look, my, my train is sat, sat waiting in the platform room to go. Uh, it's quite quick, it's only just uh, quarter two actually, which is good. I'm going to hop on this train and uh, continue our adventures southwards. 6am train towards London, but where might we be going? Hmm. Sat on the train here, obviously I have to do an obligatory filming through uh, through Colton Junction, which there's a ground signal. This is, these are the crossovers, which means that we're getting close to the... So interestingly, when I came through these in the HST in the cab at about 85, 90, we're at 125 now in Azuma, so uh, wait for it. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah, there we go, that's a nice train, was it passing the direction? Anyway, here we are, uh, Colton Junction. Here I am at uh, lovely, glorious Kings Cross Station. It's one of my favourite arrivals. Into, in fact, it's possibly my favourite arrival into the city uh, because it's just those these barrel vaults. Oh, the, the train sheds are just fantastic. 
think the trouble with St Pancras is it's so big you don't quite get that vaulted feel whereas King's Cross is just marvellous anyway I digress um, we're here to do a thing as, as previously alluded to but what is that thing well that thing firstly is going to be to hop onto a special train um, <laughs> and at that point I'll be able to reveal all and we might even have some cameos from some friends let's start with the news though first um, a thing has happened that I said would happen uh, in Shushou, um in China where they have this um, invert I'm doing rabbit ears um, trackless tram which you know to your eye is known as a bendy bus but anyway so they've got this bendy bus and they've you know it relies on an optical system on using painted lines in the road um, and of course what that has resulted in is the road surface completely disintegrating uh, and you can see here that these nice pictures show it on its weight at the moment it's rutting and the rutting will result after the first winter that road surface will just start disintegrating completely um this is a this was always going to be a dreadful uh, design it was always going to smash this going to have the road surface to bits just build trams properly folks um and uh yeah so if we go have a, have a kind of a if you, if you really want the, the kind of the engineering behind why that's happening and, and how we can avoid it happening and why tracks you know rails are you know steel on steel is a good thing uh, then go over to medium and you can find my kim sure autonomous metro piece where i uh, explain in detail um why that is uh, so that's the funny news. Uh, the less funny news, I'm afraid, there's a series of articles or a series of uh, kind of news items this 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 week since the last uh, natter. Um, firstly, um, do you remember the uh, traction decarbonisation network strategy? Well, uh, you know, off the back of the in integrated rail plan and the, the utter rail betrayal that that represented, um, government's decided it's going to go hell for leather. So the, the, there are leaks via the, tele the telegraph, so kind of, you know, treat those with a pinch of salt. But that um, the Treasury has rejected uh, electrification as a plan. It's rejected the electrification plan. There was there was a thirty billion pound proposal to 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 kind of uh, progress conventional electrification across the network, and um, uh, the, the Treasury said no. So uh, yeah, this government hates railways. Uh, what else is in the news? Oh, of course, that's that's like off the back of the fact that the ORR, the Office of Rail and Road, have published uh, data demonstrating the UK is electrifying less than half the rate needed to, decarb to decarbonize by 2050 like we need to more than double the rate of electrification uh, actually we need to go further than that again i would argue we should be aiming for 2040 which requires 650 single track kilometers a year and i think we're currently doing like well the best part of none uh there's like one or two maybe midland mainline might start kicking off again anyway it's, it's pretty poxy so yeah not good news what else Join your union if you're in the rail. If you're in the rail industry, get unionised because um, national strikes are coming, folks. Uh, the, the RMT, TSSA, um, ASLEF are planning to ballot their members, um, and uh, they're looking at, uh, at, uh, at doing some national strikes because government, uh, basically, the Department of Transport. Let's, you know, it's not the Department of Transport. Treasury is telling the industry to find savings of ten percent for for what? Why? Why? Why does it need to do this? What 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 contrived reason is there for it need to, to need to do this? Um, and as a result, yeah, big strikes are coming. So uh, the, the war between government and the railways is only just starting to hot up. Uh, well, actually, it's not really start yet because uh, industry is still sort of uh, rolling over and letting um, letting government um, stab it in the heart. So hopefully the, the industry will take a more aggressive stance and also hopefully the public will start noticing that this government is actively hostile to things that are important such as railways um 
oh, what else? Oh, of course, this is all, so it's all these cuts and chops. Uh, at the same time, of course, government is launching um, Risk 3. So we've had Risk 2. Uh, they're launching the Risk 3 development process for, you know, multiple billions of pounds worth of, of road investment. Uh, wonderful. So if you want to know where the government's priorities lie, well, here you are. Um, and yes, this is because of Treasury. There's a picture of Sunat there in the last one. Yeah. Yes, it's because of, of, of Treasury. But actually, it goes deeper than that. This government is just actively hostile to... Um, to public transport, it, it clearly is. They they talk the talk, but they, you know they they publish all their nice little shiny documents like decarbonisation plans and all sorts. But actually, they don't care for figs. Um, they uh, they're they're treating us with contempt, and they need to be voted out at the next possible opportunity. Um, yeah, so there we go. That was the news. Now, um, uh, where, where was I? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in King's Cross. I don't think I've really got much to say other than uh... welcome to tonight's real matter. <laughs> So here we are pulling out of uh, Kings Cross Station on a very bizarre train journey to go and see a thing. Um, I'm joined by some other very nice friendly people, particularly this man here who's also filming. He says, I'm not nice, I'm not friendly. <laughs> it's television's Mr. Tim Dunn. Um, we're, in a, we're in a tunnel, which is what we're doing later. It's what we're doing later. This is a train full of network rail engineers and people and councillors and all manner of uh, uh, glitterati who are here um, to basically have a novelty train journey through a very new piece of infrastructure that um, we will be the first, no, not, we're well, not the first, the second <laughs> passenger service going through the Wellington Dive Under, and we're going to get to, we're going to go like slow motion through it, stop a feature where the pantograph come down, we'll go through a diesel, through the Wellington Dive Under, it's going to be very weird, but I have no idea how this episode's going to stitch together, but I never do anyway, so they always end up working-ish. Um, it should be fine. Tim, go on. Aren't we the first, like, proper passenger train through it? That was a mistake. Yeah, that one was, that one was a mistake. So you can pop through. That one so, was a mistake, yes. So this is the first intended passenger train through it, the other one doesn't really count, so... Nice try guys, but next time. It's very true. This is the first proper passenger train making that journey. Um, there's lots of very important people everywhere. It's not Harris. Anyway, right, I'm going to leave you all in peace and quiet. In fact, no, I'm not, because I'm going to talk in two seconds, because that's how editing works. But anyway. So while we're heading northwards, uh, looking at this uh, Thameslink train um, rushing uh, past us. Oh, it's the, it's the train boat. Nice. Anyway, uh, so over the last um, sort of few years actually but certainly since uh, the start of 2020 uh, if anyone's been whizzing up and down the east coast mainline you'll have been noticing some massive civil engineering works going on just north of peterborough uh, here's some footage i did um coming southwards there's some exciting looking stuff a gap in the ground and then um and then i think uh, in the other going in the other direction going northwards here's me in august 2020 um filming going the other way and clearly you know the 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 East Coast Mainline's been split apart, lots of diggers digging a giant hole, uh, you can see some sheet piles there, 
But if you've been travelling, it's kind of all, all quite kind of uh, mysterious if you're not sure what's going on. Just a huge amount of civil engineering work. There's some big concrete bits, many rebar, and, and then and then a giant hole, and then much more rebar, and then and then that's that. So, what's been going on? Well, if I bring up a little map, here, here you can see uh, uh, the East Coast Main Line uh, from Peterborough, um, uh, kind of on the on the left, and then the right, the East Coast Main Line to Doncaster. So that's kind of the right-hand side of the page. It's kind of northwards. I've kind of rotated the world about, about 90 degrees. And slap bang in the middle here is a junction with the GNGE, the, the kind of the, the Great Northern, Great Eastern joint line, um, towards Lincoln, and then that in turn splits to Doncaster to join back with the East Coast Main Line. So it's kind of a major freight diversion route. And also uh, up to... to uh, Immingham and kind of the ports uh, that side as well. So major freight line um, heading off uh, kind of Spalding's the next station. And so there's serious, uh, the next major station. Anyway, um, so, so this is a seriously busy junction. And there are lots of conflicts, which we'll talk about momentarily. But what the physical work is, is, well, let's have a look, shall we? So uh, here we are, August 2016. You can see um, the East Coast Mainline in its sort of normal, normal sort of layout. There's, there's the junction there. Um, and uh, what else is going on? Uh, kind of the GNGE. There's there's this kind of some bridges here and here. You can see, uh, yeah, some sort of footbridge here. What other features are there? Oh yeah, giant giant freight train here making its way, kind of making making its point for me because this is a very busy part of the, the very very kind of congested part of the East Coast Mainline. So that's August 2016. Let's jump forward to September 2019, and you can see many physical things are happening. Uh, the East Coast Main Line is still sort of um, still on its kind of main route here. So you see it's sort of still... Uh, actually, this is, these are the Stamford lines. They still haven't been diverted yet. Um, and then likewise, the kind of the East Coast Main Line itself, the fast lines are kind of here. There's sort of three uh, kind of three lines there, actually, two fast and a slow. And you can see that there's already been some, there's some stuff buried in here. There's some major earthworks going on here, some sort of land take going on. Uh, likewise here lots of physical work and you see again down here some some earthwork uh, kind of digging going on as well jump forwards again that's, that's the end of 2019 we jump forwards again and you can see if we uh, if i jump back and get rid of all my scribbles you can see that by this point there's actually been a diversion there's been a gap so the gap created here a kind of a large interval created between the uh, the stanford lines here the pmj lines uh, towards stanford and and these the the, uh, the kind of the, the east coast uh, mainline fast lines going in this direction. You can see if I uh, if I get rid of that scribbles, jump back and forth, you can see that the uh, the interval has been widened. The ten foot, if you like, has been widened. You can also see uh, new footbridge has gone in here. See the new footbridge? See it's uh, replaced the old one. Very nice. Uh, so it's clearly some major work going on, um, and and you can see the kind of the the fact that there's there's kind of additional sort of civil engineering has gone on here and down you can see uh, sort of additional kind of diversionary works there's a road crossing that's been i think they've they, the road is open there and they've closed it they put the diversionary route in for that there's some service diversions there um you can see that there, there's a road that's been kind of diverted here the railway going through it so there's there's, there's all sorts going on and um and then if we jump forwards to may, from may 2022 september 2021 you can see well, it's basically finished, really. You've got you've got a load of um, you've got you've got uh, the this this massive civil engineering structure here that's now been constructed. Crikey! Likewise, you've got the connection down, kind of coming in here, connecting up to the GNG. So you've got a new line. You've got a new sort of parallel line that's been built up. So now, if we uh, if we kind of jump back to a schematic, if you like, kind of wipe this out and, and have a look at schematic, you can see that we've got these new lines. These kind of extra lines have been added at the, at the kind of uh, at Warrington Junction. 
providing, and the, and the kind of the tracks dive under, as we call it, they dive under, hence why it's called Warrington Dive Under. At Warrington Junction, there is a dive under now, providing a link from the GNG lines onto the East Coast Main Line, or vice versa. Um, so if we, if we kind of flick back, you can see, there it is. So that's how they were before, and how they were after, how they were before, and how they were after. You can sort of see the, the tracks have been split apart, um, allowing the, the sort of Stamford lines to sort of pass either side. Um, and then they, they um, and then the, the tracks dive underneath. So, so essentially, it's a great. Well, it's not essentially. It is a great separation. Very clever. Very nice. Now, um, we can have a look at some sort of pictures of construction because I think it's interesting to have a look at these. So, you've got um, some pretty massive civil engineering already. The sheet piles have gone in. You can see the uh, the fact that what's interesting is that this is in line with. If you see, you kind of trace this line down here. Can see that this is in line the very long straight bit of the east coast main line here um uh, far straighter than the great central ever was um weirdo great central people who say the great central was built with kind of magisterial straight lines this is pretty straight from here um anyway you can see that this this the, the, the dive under takes that precise line the precise line of the stanford line so uh it, it kind of disappearing off into the horizon there which is quite interesting uh and this is a nice zoomed out picture you can see those stanford lines here you can see them uh, having been having been diverted away, you can see what all the you can see all those earthworks kind of going on here, sort of drainage diversion works, so it's quite substantial. And then likewise, all the civil engineering going on this side as well. You can see all that stuff. You can see the hole that's been dug, and you can see the diversion of those Stamford lines kind of passing either side. And actually, this is a temporary stick. Because at the moment, there's two tracks here passing to the um, passing to the west of the, the the constructed dive under but actually later on they uh, they actually get rid of and lift and you'll see in the pictures they actually lift the second track so only one of the tracks goes to the west of the dive under the the other track so the the, the track going northwards goes west of the dive under, and the track going southwards goes east of the dive under so um here's another picture looking very nice <clears throat> in fact this is what this is precisely as i was talking about you can see at the moment there are two tracks here uh, and you can see that but they have laid uh, on top of the bottom ballast they've laid um this uh, this additional track which is going to be the uh, which is kind of actually the uh, london or the peterborough bound uh, stanford line um so then i think the next picture if i get rid of my scribbles i think the next picture oh, also to, before i do that you can see the actual junction that's being this is warrington junction on this side you can see it um you can see it's quite a slow ladder it's not not an ideal situation so if we whiz this way you can see if i kind of jump back and forth you can see this track's been tamped this is what happens between this is before and after tamping you can see here this 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 track here uh has now you can see before and after it gets tamped very nice uh, so it's much nicer and smoother and also key thing is over here uh over on this side you can see that this track has now been lifted so you can see it's been uh, it's been lifted away uh, removed because only one track is actually needed so there's a temporary state as part of the staging of the what we call the staging of the works um we kind of divert the stanford lines that side and then um now now that we kind of uh you know the, now that we've uh, kind of uh, finished the physical works and the connections at the south laid some snc kind of down down out of shot in this direction there's some snc being laid uh, so these can now be instated as they are that allows the signaling to be sort of set up appropriately and so on um uh, there we go and then the next picture i think ah yeah so we're at the other side now so you can see these are the three east coast mainline lines so it's the, the the fast lines there and then there's a slow line here which is um uh, actually, no, it goes this direction, doesn't it? Ignore that. And um, there we are. And then you can see there's this kind of the, the physical works going on here. The t this, uh, this picture actually is, is before the previous one because it's got the two Stanford lines here rather than the Stanford line kind of um, 
coming in like this and rejoining. But you can see the the, the kind of excavation works that have gone on. So my my video earlier earlier that I, I took was of all this excavation work. And actually, what you have here, you can see this sharp sort of cutting head. This is the box tunnel that's about to be driven. So they actually bored two small, uh, two might have even been three, uh, kind of three meter diameter tunnels with sort of guide rails underneath kind of without interrupting traffic kind of underneath the east coast mainline that are then acting to guide uh the the um the kind of this this curved box tunnel as it slid through and so what, what actually happened this next picture you can see what they did was they excavated so all this all this kind of earth they've, they've closed the, the the east coast mainline's now been closed in a kind of i think it was about a nine day blockade east coast mainline closed they've dug out all the work leaving the ole above by the look of it but they just put sort of protectors on the cables dug it up they dig it all out drive the box tunnel round and then kind of connect it all up and so after they connect it all up they've driven the box tunnel around then they uh, they kind of lay some tracks through it in fact you can hear there's some uh, please looking chaps there um some engineers there's a uh, 6677 um riding around what's quite funny about this is it's riding on top of the the rails without them having been tamped um, with with only the, the rail, the kind of the track sat on bottom ballast, but actually that's fine. You know, the, the, only a light locomotive it can manage that. So there you are. So you can see it's, it's on this rubbling on this wibbly. They'd only be running along here at trundle speed. Another thing to point out is you can see all the drainage and the troughing. So down here, you can see. So if I if I draw a nice thick yellow line, there we are. You can see all of the. Um, uh, you can yeah, you can quite nicely see all of the uh, all of the drainage. So there's a drainage run, drainage, drainage, drainage. Um, along with some kind of random sleepers over there um yeah and, and you know you can sort and, and also the, the here the, the troughing so and also here you can see the troughing which is carrying all the sort of the signaling and the power the kind of points heating or well actually probably not points heating here but kind of all the stuff for lights signaling and so on all carried in here anything that needs power those those also go in this troughing route along the side um, there you go you can see the, the troughing being laid there and kind of having a nice plot along the drainage disappearing off into the distance up here uh, it's all very nice and then these up here so this is you can, firstly you can see this is pretty tall it's got nice um nice uh, passive vision for for, for electrification uh, these are designed that they can have a, a kind of OLE uh, attached to them but they're also they're kind of obviously acting as bracing on these very steep walls here um and then the other thing not to forget about is um, uh, thanks, by the way, to Rigor Mortis for these photos, um, for, 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 for taking these photos, I've, which I've nabbed and put on. Um, uh, yeah, this, this photo is also a, a reminder of other things you've got to think about, which is the connections. Also, don't worry about the vertical alignment up here. Crikey. Uh, it's the fence, folks. Uh, this is obviously, so this is a modern kind of non- uh, flat crossing style uh, kind of uh, double junction you can see here the snc in fact from the uh, from the treats that we've got later on with the cam view uh, we'll show you this in in more detail but yeah you can see this is the connection onto the um onto the lincoln bound uh, lines um here you can see the connection ready to be attached once the tracks are attached to them um and then once it's all done you can see the final state here so here are the stanford lines splitting either side uh, they're very nice Stanford line splitting and then you can see quite you can see the vertical curve here actually you can see quite vividly the vertical curve where it it's uh, one grade for the SNC and then it dips down to drop underneath the, uh, the East Coast mainline uh, you can see the old, the old junction there um, but yeah you can see the Stanford lines whizzing around either side and then disappearing off there we are uh, disappearing off uh, on their way uh, when they split from the East Coast mainline up at uh, Tallington 
um, and then disappear off towards Stamford. And actually, that's that's the line. Services go towards Birmingham that way. And also, there's a nice zero mile post here, which I presume is for the. Well, I don't know what the ELR is for this this bit actually. The engineer's line reference, but there's the zero mile post for where it starts, uh, and then it'll run round. I presume it gets to about a mile and a half or something. It's not that far. But there you go. Some nice S and C. Yeah, lovely. Uh, both routed. Uh, both routed this way. Um, for the, uh, it might not be that most traffic goes down the down the dive under, but the the higher uh, track category will because all the freight will go under the dive under. So that kind of is is one way to 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 sort of determine what your hand of your switch is. When I when I talk about the hand, this is the through route here. This is the turnout route, and generally you'd have the most the majority of traffic would would you'd line the S and C to to have the to be aligned with the, with the through route being to the primary route of traffic. Uh, likewise, on the other side, there's your through route and there's your turnout route. Anyway, so there we go. There's the connection. Lovely stuff. Uh, hopefully that's explained what Warrington is. But um, in a minute, I'll explain why and what the whole point is. So uh, here we are arriving into uh, into Peterborough where we're going to pick up some more people. Obviously, I just filmed, uh, filmed uh, the lovely failed um, hover train uh, for all of your uh, good anyway, uh, brief interviews. It's been an enormously successful cross-industry partnership, um, bringing together a huge range of industry partners and stakeholders, uh, and we've, we've managed to get the job done together. Uh, and the legacy, and I really want to stress this, the legacy that this will leave for our passengers really should not be underestimated by any of us. Um, Network Rail, contractors, suppliers, train and freight operators, the Department for Transport, the ORR, Transport Focus, I could go on and on and on, the endless amount of people that have played their part uh, in, in this, this being such a successful programme. Um, and we've overcome some significant obstacles, not least a, a global pandemic. And when I was thinking back the other day or, or over the programme, uh, who knew that we'd forget to put in the risk plan uh, a pandemic, a global pandemic, uh, when we were trying to tackle this, uh, this enormous programme. Um, particular thank you as well to all of, all of our passengers who have patiently put up with us while we did the work. Um, King's Cross alone, uh, so that's without Warrington, saw 26 different <laughs> disruptive events. That's an enormous amount of disruptive events, which again shouldn't be underestimated just how disruptive that was to all of the travelling public that wants to use the railway during a very difficult time, uh, particularly during uh, the COVID pandemic. Uh, I'd also like to mention finally our lineside neighbours, um, all the residents, businesses and other stakeholders that were affected by the work. Uh, a massive thank you to all of you for bearing with us whilst we carried it out. The Warrington Dive Under is part of the East Coast Upgrade, which is a programme that uh, costing £1.2 billion that's really enabling us to transform services on the East Coast Main Line. You're travelling, of course, on one of the Azuma trains that we introduced into service uh, a couple of years ago, and together with the infrastructure improvements that have been taking place on the East Coast Main Line over the past few years, these trains and this infrastructure is really going to enable us to transform the experience we give our customers by bringing more punctual services, more frequent services, more seats, and uh, overall a far better experience uh, for customers on this premier route. The East Coast Upgrade, of course, has been an extensive program of engineering works, including new track, upgrades to the power supply, new overhead line, and extra capacity along the route. This time last year we were preparing for the first uh, big intervention at King's Cross uh, and uh, uh, we we're very fortunate that over the first few months of this year, whilst most of the country was in lockdown, the fantastic team 
of people from across the industry and the supply chain were hard at work delivering this work with minimal disruption to customers. After setting off from Peterborough today, we are going to be taking the route through the Warrington Dive Under. This 11,000 tonne tunnel, 165 metres long, the length of the Eiffel Tower, and uh, taking our journey slowly through that up to Spalding. And uh, at Spalding, we're going to turn around and our driver, Chris, will do it all the way again on the way back. So really looking forward uh, to taking you all through the Warrington Dive Under project and uh, a really big thank you not only to those of you who've made today possible by running this special train and providing the fantastic hospitality on board, but of course it's a really big thank you from LNER to all of you who worked on this project and made the dive, well, Warrington Dive Under uh, a real civil engineering marvel on the East Coast Main Line. So we're kind of coming up north uh, out of Peterborough here, and it's worth pointing out this, this project didn't start with all the f physical, heavy civil engineering going on. Actually, it, you know, this project involves huge amounts of rerouting of cables, of updates to the overhead line equipment, you know, new masts having to be put in. Uh, in fact, the cabling, you could see all the troughing routes being put in, the cabling ran right down to Peterborough Station, potentially beyond, in order to facilitate this project. So there's a huge amount of, of, of not just, you know, the big big ticket civil engineering work but all the MEP work all of the sort of electrical uh, work the, the overhead line equipment huge amounts of work and that's again that's just the physical engineering not to mention all the planning all of the timetabling work going on to make sure that the railway could function around this work it's a huge amount of engineering and planning work going into making this sort of colossal project a reality and here we go, dropping down already the vertical alignment sort of dropping us away from where the rest of the East Coast Main Line used to be. The new footbridge over the top, signals, you can see some nice, some nice sheet piles here as we drop down. Very interesting video as you can see. Don't worry, I'm going to intersperse this with some of the cab footage that we'll get from LNER. Thanks in advance LNER. <laughs> uh, look at this, here we are. Spray Creek concrete lined wall, the drainage, very, net, very important on a dip like this given that we're in essentially uh, custard geology around here. Just point out the, uh, the sort of the, the beams above. These are all passive provision for electrification to be added. We're running on diesel mode at the moment. And here we go, into the tunnel. Into the tunnel proper, in fact, at this point. And it's all very dark, so all we can see is just Tim. There he is. <laughs> and uh, just like that, it's over again. There we go. Amazing. Climbing back up out. Just like that, there we go. Uh, some nice uh, pinned earth uh, because the railway is just the, the original railway is just above us. Still, still see the drainage, there's some nice access, uh, nice graded slope. You don't see earthworks like that on the railway very often, very nice. No trees in sight, good. Yes. What do you love about the Warrington Dive Under? 
Um, I love it because it's bold engineering and we don't see much of that on our railways these days, so when it does happen, it's quite exciting. Why is it really important to passengers? Why should they care? So the trouble with the trouble with the line through Peterborough, um, this is double whammy stuff, by the way, folks, because you're getting this on Natter. Uh, the, the, the challenge is that you've got, um, particularly Peterborough, you've got trains that have to cross over this complicated ladder of junctions to get over onto this railway line, heading up, kind of, um, kind of eastwards off the East Coast Main Line. The trouble with that is that it holds up trains. You've got to leave big gaps in the timetable so that the fast trains whizzing through without stopping don't get held up by these trains crossing across the path of the fast lines. So the dive under splits those trains apart, means that the fast trains can get on with their business of whizzing north and south, and the trains heading eastwards um, don't have to wait for ages for the fast trains to whiz through. So it's uh, unknotting all of these railway lines so everything to run nice and, nice and smoothly and ultimately increase capacity on the East Coast Main Line. So what does that mean? For the ordinary person going up and down the line day to day, it's a lot of money to spend, isn't it? It is. Well, well, fundamentally, what it means is that you have more seats uh, per hour going in whichever direction you happen to be wanting to go in. But it's not just about long distance services, this is a benefit for the local services. Um, that can go not only up and down the East Coast Main Line, but also heading eastwards. And fundamentally, it improves freight capacity on this junction, which means that that's fewer HGVs on the road, which means that the roads are safer, they're getting smashed to bits less, less stress for drivers getting caught behind them. So really, it's a win not just for people on the railway, but also people in cars and, um, and relying on goods being moved around the country as well. Tim looks absolutely enthused by all of this. He's very excited. <laughs> so the East Coast upgrade, um, as I might well describe elsewhere in the video if I haven't already, um, is, is like a massive series of works. A lot of these, I'll point out, were planned by you know, British Rail through the 80s and early 90s, but anyway, lots of them are eventually coming to fruition. You know, we've had uh, King's Cross, you know, the, the, the King's Run Cross project, you know, massive re remodelling, total remodelling in fact, of the King's Cross uh, station throat. Uh, several miles out of the station. Uh, we had a uh, turn back at uh, Stevenage uh, and we had, you know, even before that we had other projects that, that are really part of this ongoing upgrade of the East Coast Mainline. If you like, it's a route modernisation by stealth. So you had uh, a good example is my first ever design, well the first ever design that I opened up the design tools on, which was Hitch and Flyover. Uh, so that's uh, in fact showing you that right now. Uh, Hitch and Flyover, which, was, which is south of here, uh, where I am now because I'm, it's editing. But all these projects are all about, you know, particularly Hitchin is an example of exactly what Warrington was all about. It's 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 great separation of a junction. You know, um, uh, I can't remember how much Hitchin was. Probably a couple of hundred million. You know, uh, Warrington's two hundred fifty million. Um, so these are these are major capital expenditures, major projects, bold bold engineering uh, schemes to to essentially uh, provide high speed segregation. And this kind of comes back to what HS2 provides, is that even with all this high-speed segregation, you know, each of these projects, 200 million, 250, 300, even 400 million pounds a pop, you know, Ely North Junction is another critical one. It's not on the East Coast Mainline, but it's required to free up capacity on the East Coast Mainline, actually. Um, and that is, uh, Woodley, um, that's at least 400 million, you know, plus a huge project. To get what HS2 provides, you need to do, every junction needs to be like this. And even then, they aren't providing the capacity release that you can achieve um, through high speed, total high-speed segregation. It's, but these are miniature high-speed segregation projects, all of them, ensuring that there's you know, different t types of train, not conflicting with other different types of train. Uh, in the case of Warrington, it's mostly about slow freight crossing over the path of the, 
um, of the of the fast lines, as I'm going to show you in a minute, because I'm going to hop off at Peterborough on my way back north to York, and I'm going to sort of go up to the end of the platform and kind of explain what's going on, and hope we might even see a freight train on its way through. So I've come to the, uh, the, the, the northern end of, of, of Peterborough, the platforms at Peterborough Station, you can see behind there, uh, there's, there's Peterborough Station, it's, uh, it's absolutely glorious, if, if slightly nippy uh, evening um, this Thursday, and uh, the reason I've come up here is to sort of try and explain the problem, and with the benefit of some lovely cab footage, which hopefully I'll be getting from LNER, um, uh, if not, we'll make it work, <laughs> um, in that direction are, is a lot of point work it's a lot of junction work lots of crossovers in fact i'll show you i, I can show you now some footage of a of a, freight, a gbrf freight train coming out of the, their depot over there and crisscrossing over the the fast lines to get onto these lines behind me the the, the lines disappearing off in the other direction um, heading back onto the gng you know this is a, an incredibly busy freight corridor and whilst it's not such it's not so bad that freight trains are kind of with, kind of slowly coming in and out of of the depot over there because that's not happening very frequently what was an issue before the Warrington dive under was built was that you had this complex ladder of services uh, a complex ladder of junction work point work and you had you know one or two freight trains an hour in each direction weaving across very slowly there's a nice local service um weaving across very slowly over those um, weaving across very slowly over that point work and blocking the fasts for you know multiple minutes every hour which is clearly a massive hit to line capacity particularly for the freight the, the fast services whizzing through and of course the limitation on the freight because you can't have any more of those freights because they block the fasts for so long so what Warrington has enabled is that the freight trains come in behind me and they essentially stay off the fasts they disappear off down through the dive under off onto the lines in towards Lincolnshire happy days so that's what it's all about really and you can see that quite nicely from here it's a nice nice view back towards it's only warrington's only a, a couple of miles up in that direction uh, but actually you know as i was saying in uh, kind of as we were on the on the train earlier the the actual physical work lots of the work you know the the signaling the the the, the power the, sort of all the cabling work was happening down here also if i flip over here and look behind me you can see over here that there is uh, also behind me over here is what is like the biggest flipping signal in the country good grief ancillary civils you're getting over excitable um, over here you can see there's a load of S&C still uh, sort of placed here Peterborough points uh, 1234 1232 Bravo 1233 Alpha um, you can see them over there look it's nice isn't it uh, and indeed so those are the switch units and over there are the crossing panels um, for uh, for clearly this junction work still to go in in fact when I was at Atkins we were working on some of the some of the junction remodeling around here so there's lots of complicated stuff going on um, now It'd be nice if a freight train kind of whizzed through with, with kind of at speed, but I've taken loads, I've not, not loads, I stood here for about 15 minutes and a huge amount of freight came through. So, uh, so I've got some nice, some nice, nice footage of some freight trains whizzing through, um, kind of showing how busy a line this is. It really is very busy. You know, this is the East Coast Main Line and it's on, you know, this is, this is why HS2's Eastern Leg was so critical and I keep banging this drum because the East Coast Main Line is such a heavily used freight line that um, relying on it to also carry all of the long distance high speed stuff is not a very good use of, of it's not a very good use of capacity um, it's not a very good use of infrastructure to carry the most people and things that we can on the railway anyway that's enough of me waffling here at Peterborough I'm sure uh, either I have already or will explain what actually happened the physical work that happened at, Wer uh, at Warrington how it all worked uh, might even splice in some of my like uh, little uh, mobile phone videos I've done um, when when I've been passing it on the train over the last couple of years
So before um, before we hop in the cab uh, for our return journey through the uh, through the Warrington dive under, I thought I'd drag us uh, kicking and screaming south to Hitchin, um, back to Hitchin again. Back to my first uh, my first time on the tools. You might be wondering why, why why I was on the tools when the project was starting before I joined the industry kind of uh, full time. Well, it's because actually the, the I was jumping on the tools after it had been built to do some as built uh, kind of fettling. It's a long story. Anyway, Hitchin. So you can see here Hitchin. Here's the Hitchin, and, and it's the same sort of story as, as up at Peterborough. You've got you've got the station. You've got a big complicated sort of load of junction work with you know with trains having to kind of make the their way across sort of like that and then disappear off so the freight trains kind of doing that and likewise you know in, in, in same in the, in the opposite direction um and that basically means it's 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 stopping the fast trains the fast trains are having to kind of be held at signals to allow this to happen and it, it's blocking the lines for lots and lots of minutes so what do they do well as you can see the jump forest to march 2012 and you can see a load of nice nice kind of groundwork here uh, sort of, uh, in fact, going right the way down. You see, there's there's a, a load of kind of excavation work, probably collecting soil. I, I dare say there's some um, borrow pits and stuff, generally just to sort of provide the earth to to actually raise the land here. Um, because rather than going underneath, they went over the top. So jump forwards again to August 2013, and you can see pretty much I think the fin the work was finished by that point. Um, I picked up the design about a year later, so maybe this is still just ballast and they haven't put the track down. In any case, you can sort of pretty much see, see the line. Um, it's much more of an open, whereas Warrington is much closer to the existing um, alignment. There was more, there was more space um, at, and the jog, you know, the geology was more favorable. So they could, they could have this slightly more uh, wide sweeping sort of um, flyover shape. There it is going like that. Very nice. Um, yeah. So then, if we uh, hop forward to 2016, it's well and truly established, and you can sort of see what's happening. So rather than getting snarled up in the junction work here, the freight trains, uh, going in whichever direction they're going, they stay on the stay away from the the fast. They don't spoil, you know, get in with the, the way the fast trains, uh, the passenger services. They whiz over the top of the East Coast Main Line, climbing up over the flyover, and then come on down and rejoin the SBR lines towards uh, towards Cambridge, towards to to just get snarled up at uh, Shepherd Branch Junction, which thankfully will get be getting fixed, and then definitely snarled up at Ely North Junction. But you know this is the way that when you solve a bottleneck, what you do is you result in the next bottleneck becoming the problem. But anyway, you can see here what's happening. Thanks, thanks. There being a nice sort of. Uh, a nice sort of uh, bridge over the over the, the East Coast Main Line there, um, and that was really the difference um, at Hitchin rather than at um, yeah. You know, so here, here's the flyover, it's the, or rather the, the 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 tracks leading to the flyover. The flyover actually starts from from here to uh, about here, I think. So that whole that whole structure is it's a pretty unique uh, bit of civil engineering that but that's, uh, that's another story that's the flyover itself um and then uh, and it, those are the lines anyway the whole point of that is um is exactly the same at Warrington it's a great separation except that rather than at Warrington where the the um it was a dive under in this case it's a flyover um yeah there it is looking quite spectacular this nice structure and you know as engineers we we go through a lot of work to decide you know optioneering between right is it going to go over is it going to go under what are the pressures um you know uh at hitchin they didn't have the stanford lines which meant there was a narrow formation but they also didn't have lines to dive it around so you know the different pressures different uh you know uh, the environmental issues the the residents where, where their properties all these things influence whether we go up or whether we go down So this is exciting. 
LNER, thanks to everyone who's let this happen, LNER have let me sit in the rear cab. My hands are here, I'm not touching anything. All I've got is those, like, you know when you walk over a bridge and you feel like you're gonna jump off it, all I've got is like, don't press the big red button, which by the way, is right behind me. Um, but the good thing about this is we're gonna get a view out the back as we go, it's totally bleached out, but I'm gonna put in some better footage. Gonna have a fantastic view out the back of the train as we go through, as we actually drop down under the, um, under the East Coast Mainline fast lines, uh, through the dive under, which is gonna be very exciting. So looking forward to that. Planning events that significantly affected the, you know, the production of, of, of the project. We then also had uh, in early 2020 the arrival of, of COVID-19, which caused us significant challenges. A lot of our tunnelling workforce who were busy creating the tunnels for the guideways in the islands, and they were very concerned about being able to get back to their families. So we had to make a difficult decision to curtail and stop some of the tunnelling activities as the, as the nation went into
Well, remarkable scenes. I'm not dry eye in the house, I think it's fair to say. Gareth, I can see tears rolling from your eyes. How does that make you feel, Gareth? I'm just so pleased and happy. Look, it's Tim, and the reason I've done this inside King's Cross is because if we rotate round... Do I look very, what's, very... What are these doors that are over just behind your head there, Tim? Oh, look how tired I look. That's because I've been up since half past six <laughs> doing green screen stuff for other videos. Oh. I'm very tired. Oh, Tim, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm look, what are those little doors behind you? Those little doors. You've, you've been up in those doors. That door just... That's it, and then it keeps going up, and it keeps going up. A little window up there, and it goes all the way up into the clock tower. So it goes like a turret. Sort of see above us. You've got some ladders and wooden staircases at the very top. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. I got inside that clock on my it was my third day making television that series. And that, it was, oh, I was crying to that. Yeah, it was joyous. Lovely. Oh, right. Anyway, um, anyway, that was a really good trip, and we learned an awful lot about Warrington and the importance of the upgrade passengers. Because we all talk about this stuff, you know, like like train nerds, but it isn't about us, and it isn't about what we want. It isn't about engineering, really. Well, I mean, well done, engineers. It's their day. But for the rest of us, the rest of where it all begins. Look, cause I'm we look, I'm wearing that little pin badge in in in, in honour of all the engineers. You see, look, there you go. Look. Um, but it's all about now us as passengers and what we get to... You can't see what I'm saying because I'm... I've got people can, it's fine. I mean, people can hear it. And I'm, I'm mic'd up. Look, I'm mic'd up here. Look, so they can hear you quite nice and clearly. Oh, there's a hamster. Yeah, right. look. Um, no, it's, and it's the best engineering is when it's not noticed, right? It's seamless and unnoticeable. Anyway, Tim, thanks so much. It's been nice to spend, spend the morning with you. I'm here for a wee now, so I'm yes. this way. <laughs> right, likewise. Uh, let's go. And there we have it. So, uh, as ever, to our thanks very much to our audio-only listeners. Um, uh, Real Matter is indeed, continues to be available on all good podcasting platforms. I've no idea how this, this one will work. A lot of noise, but uh, they'll be fine. Um, uh, support me to do more of these. I mean, you know, it takes, these these edited ones, they're, they're fun, but they do take about a day to put together. So uh, your support is always welcome. It's actually a pain my day rate to do it um, and just find my time to put them together since I do also have a day job. Um, uh, Patreon.com slash Gareth Dennis, your support is always welcome. Uh, the merch from Masquette, uh, masquette.co.uk slash collection slash rail natter. Um, this is just for your own uh, fun. <laughs> it's not, I don't turn a profit from that. It's just uh, that it's uh, they're good fun. And also make suggestions if you want, if there's, if you have uh, nonsense that I say that you'd like to stick on a mug uh, or you'd think that we could have a different image for the background of the mask, I don't know, uh, let me know and we'll make it happen. Um, uh, paypal.me slash Gareth Dennis if you just want to chuck loose change at me or say something mean uh, and uh, Gareth Dennis.co.uk slash Discord is where the chat that's been happening now, hello everyone in the chat, all that chat happens relentlessly in the Discord so go and watch and enjoy and get, get stuck in and also if you're a Patreon person you can go in there and um, uh, tell me to do things it's, it's, it's your right um, so uh, update on the live episode with uh, All Profits going to York LGBT Forum obviously it's still a bit up in the air with the Covid situation um, so I've, I've I, I, the first 20 tickets the first tranche of 20 tickets um, have gone they, they sold out immediately uh, far quicker than I was expecting to be honest um, uh, but, but, um, but yeah so what I'll do is I'm going to play it by ear uh, now I know that it's gone so quickly I reckon I can probably fill a slightly larger venue so that slightly changes things from my mind as well but um, uh, it will be on 
if all goes to plan, it will be on Saturday, the 22nd of January, 2022. So uh, fingers crossed, because it'd be really good fun to see you all. Uh, all of those who booked tickets. And then, so I think 20, 20 tickets have gone out. I'll probably put another 20 up, uh, possibly more, depending on the venue. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I need to twist some people's arms and remind them it's for charity. Um, anyway, right, more of that later. Next week's episode. It's uh, it's it's a sort of a holiday. It's it's like a live Christmassy special. Um, episode 93, the official Rail Natter Top 10 Classic Railway Films. Um, we're going to go through all of these railway films and it'll be fun and we'll laugh and you'll tell me that I've made a dreadful uh, error in the order that I've put them in but we'll do a countdown it'll be like a, an official UK top 40 countdown I'll put my very best uh, who's doing it when I was I can't even remember uh, who was doing top 10s when I used to listen to it it's gone Anyway, uh, we're going to count down and see what I think the best railway, classic railway film is. Um, so join in for that. That should be good fun. Um, it only really remains for me to, to, to sort of uh, shout uh, cheerio at you, uh, really. Um, yeah, have, uh, have fun. Cheerio, everyone. Cheerio.